When it's time for lunch, you can pick up a spoon or grab your fork body and dig into a Nuna. It's Nuna with Dan and Marty. If you never had a Nuna, well, there's no sooner way. Just bend over at the middle in the middle of the day. It's a Nuna. It's a Nuna with Marty and Dan. Hello, hello. Yay. Well, it's not quite nooner. It's 1240-er today. Yes. But happily was getting to listen to Kevin and Jay, and they were pretty hilarious this morning, as always. Um, so, you know what? Today's nooner, because it's a little truncated, is we're going to have to skip the foreplay for the most part. Oh, I have stacks and stacks of great materials. I know, but no foreplay. And it's timely. No, no foreplay. No foreplay. I've got no foreplay. Right yeah, to the but, fucking today. Uh, right to uh, the fucking um, so we got. I'm pimping our guest right now because I'm going to bring him in in like five or ten minutes. Uh, because he when does he arrives, not, when he arrives. No, no, no. This man does not like to be kept waiting. <laughs> Hollywood royalty Ken Marino is here today yes. with us, and we and we couldn't be more thrilled. I've worked with Ken for a very long time on a lot of cool projects, and basically he's awesome. Um, so thank you for joining the Mooner, your two-hour titillating radio embrace that comes to you Fridays live. <laughs> 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. I really got that down. That flows off the tongue. Titillating to our embrace. Yes. Well, that's the, that's uh, the yeah, qualification of a merp is you have to have these catchphrases just yes. at hand, ready to go. Uh, you know, somebody suggested the other day that merp could also mean mediocre internet radio well, personality. It all applies. That, yeah. Mm, I guess it, you make of it what you will. I am hugely coffeeed up. I'd like everybody to know that. I feel good. I got a good night's sleep. Marty. Ask me what I did yesterday. Go. Mar- oh, wait. I didn't introduce you. My co-host, Marty Yu. Oh, and this is uh, the host, uh, Dan Etheridge. Oh, right. I'm host Dan Etheridge and my vice merp, Marty Yu. Marty Yu, uh, ask me what I did yesterday. Hey, uh, Dan Etheridge. Yeah. Um, what, what did you do yesterday? I went surfing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Breaking down the stereotypical gay barriers yet again. Between fantasy football and my new surfing prowess. Yes. Okay. So here was a scoop. My uh, uh, boyfriend, Nick, who's an avid surfer, very, very gracious, took me out surfing down at Redondo Beach, took my pal, awesome fellow Matt, uh, also a gay surfer, um, down to Redondo Beach to teach me how to surf yesterday, uh, which was fantastic. I was a little, you know, middle-aged guy. I'm totally comfortable with water, good water skier and all that. Did you get your rash guard? You know what? I didn't, but, and this was, man, it's great. You asked the question that really got to the heart. Here's the issue. Here was my issue going in. Okay, by the way, yeah. you're, you're on the hirsute side. On the- that is true. I am, for those of you who don't know the word hirsute, that would mean there, there's hair. Just on the chest, not on the back. Don't worry, America. No back hair. <laughs> it is right, like a bearskin rug on your tits. <laughs> it's like the bearskin rug Burt Reynolds lay on in his cosmopolitan <laughs> right. thing. That's if they, me. If they it was pan down, it would be you. <laughs> so, so uh, yes, the rash guard. The, the thing that made me nervous about surfing was, uh, you know, whether good or bad, I was the kid, and I'm not that coordinated. I was the kid, you know, picked last on the team, that cliche, which I'm not crying victimhood. I should have practiced kickball in my off hours. It, it gets I better. didn't. <laughs> it does get better. Hey kids, it gets better. Uh, except in athletics where it kind of actually stays <laughs> pretty much suck the same. With what you got. Yeah, you're going to suck pretty much the whole time. Um so what I was more nervous about was not like Nick was super cool. He was so supportive. He was like just like made me feel incredibly comfortable, but when I get into an environment I'm uncomfortable with, particularly an athletic one, my, you know, my what kicks in for me is this fit in gene for fucking sake fit in do not stand out blend in well you're like a you're like 20 years older than everyone else on the wave well there's that it's just the athletic thing i get nervous around other people doing something athletic and i know that it's not my forte 
<laughs> being your first time. Right. So my thing is fit in. And like Matt, who I said also went with this, who, who's this amazing guy. And he, like me, occasionally, just occasionally has a 10% prone to the effete. Um, hence, like my use of the word forte. Um, so I'm, my, the, there was a little conflict because I'm in fit in mode. Do not draw attention to myself. Be one of the guys. That's how I'm approached. So we're at the dive shop renting the surfboards, and I think I'm doing a good job of like playing it off like I belong here. I'm one of you. Were you wearing puka shells? I I donned some for the occasion. And the 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 surfer dude who was filling out the rental form said rhetorically to himself, uh, he said uh he he asked, Oh, oh, what day is it? And he answers his own question, July 14th. And then Matt whirls around and shrieks loudly, It's Bastille Day! <laughs> and, and there's a pall a, a pall falls over the entire surf shop and then he added bro dude and and initially I caught unaware and also being prone to the effete turned oh my god it is ba- uh, and that destroyed my confidence for like the next hour I was ruined and the glares that it wasn't glare the sort of you know what it was like it was like if you were in Vichy, France, and you were a collaborator, and you, you had lost a- me at Vichy. Okay, well you're and you're in a cafe, and you don't quite have the right papers, and somehow you've managed to attract the attention of uh, the, the drunken SS officers right, across right. the way. As, as like uh, tanks yes. are going down, that's right. And I'm just trying to fit in, just trying to blend in, and suddenly <laughs> Bastille Day comes out, and we're completely fucked. We're going to be shot by the Nazis. That sounds like Matt Fortnite. Bastille Day. It was. It was. And I can't believe you jumped on. Here hands. I am in the middle of the story, uh, and you jumped in with Bastille Day. This is going to – you and I are having a talk after today's show. Do I not – if you see the punchline, if you see it, great. Well, Don't say is, it. But the thing That's is, the punchline I, I am building to. I wasn't trying to anticipate it. When you said July 14th, I immediately thought, Bastille Day! Oh, okay, so that just they had a feet part of straight guy Marty came out. Okay, I accept that. But yes. by the way, if you think something's going to oh, be no, funny no, – no. Hey, I, I, I understand. I understand the the rules of comedy. Uh, uh, well, I'm not at this moment. Uh, that's suspect, Marty. Okay, so anyway, we got out there. We got on the waves. It's not suspect, Marty. You're great. <laughs> um, and uh, I will say that I actually got up the first few times surfing thanks to the hard work of Nick. Great patience. Really appreciate it. I felt great about it myself until I came home an hour later and discovered that I had torn. Or dismantled every ligament or muscle in my entire body. It required a Vicodin and a massive beer, a massage. I mean, I lay prone on the thing. So there was a good and bad yesterday. Here, the good is I now feel like I actually can. I, mean, I actually want to do the surfing. Do the surfing. I want to. I want to smoke the pot and do the surfing again. And uh, so, I, but yeah, I felt really good. So I, a little confidence builder yesterday. And so thank you, Nick, and and Matt, thank you for your camaraderie. You were a bon vivant. <laughs> These are not surfer terms. You realize that. He's actually a really good surfer, too. He caught a killer wave at one point. Oh, that was good. That was good. Killer wave. Oh, yeah. We yeah. shredded. Yeah, there you go. We shredded. So uh, that was my day yesterday, Marty. And you know what? I come nice. in today feeling up, feeling good. My, my muscles are back to normal. It took a little bit of healing. I'm coffeed up. And Ken Marino is in... Oh, wait, he's in the house. <laughs> I just want to try out that street. Oh, I think he's that... at the door. Oh, yeah, no, he... <laughs> oh my God, Ken Marino. Good Lord, get your sweet ass in here. Ken Marino stepping up to the stadio. Um, stadio? Stadio? That's my new word for this. I'm calling this stadio. Yeah. By the way, let's take a moment while Ken's putting on his headphones and getting a feel for the chair and bringing the... Oh, man, that's looking good, Ken. Let's say happy birthday. Ah. 
to James. Thank you. Happy thank birthday you, to you. Happy birthday James. to you. Yes. Happy birthday, dear thank James. You, thank you. Who made the cupcakes? Uh, Megan did. Oh, oh that's so nice. So good, right? Really delicious. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, multi-talented Megan. Oh, very talented. Yes. Um, if you don't know Ken Marino, the one word that comes to mind when I think Ken Marino is Bastille Day. <laughs> <laughs> I was going with underrated. Well, no, that's, that's according to the New York Times. Oh, that's I'm right. the LA Times. The LA Times. Uh, Chris Barton. But you know, as we said, Ken, better, better, that good to be rated at all, That's under right. or not. Yeah, yeah. How nice. does that make you feel? Like when you see that, like you know, everybody's emailing it to you, and you're like, but well, but I felt like I was rated. <laughs> I felt like I was even overrated. I, th- I thought it was very nice. Oh. I, I didn't know about it. My my sister, uh, who lives in Baltimore, somehow got hold of the L.A. Times and called me. You know, she's got a Google alert. She's got a Ken Marino Google alert. I guess so. I don't know. And then, of course, my mom was very happy. So if my sister and my mom were happy, I'm happy. Because you're Italian and family means so much. It means so much. Love for me. So much. (laughs) Hey, I have an idea for a documentary about you and your your, uh, surfing uh, experiences. Uh Yes. I think the title is going to be Bear on a Longboard. <laughs> uh, I think that'll be Bear your, on a Longboard. That's your a, memoir, I think. Bear with me. That would be Nick's memoir. It was, and you know what I like, Ken? Clearly, do you surf because you 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 rightly so intuited that being it my first time, I got a longboard. Got a longboard. Sure, sure. Yeah. I do not surf, but I know that uh, longboards are. Then easy. you're not a man. Oh. Yep. Ouchie. Yep. Ouchie. <laughs> okay, no. So you, so you were about to say. That was it. I'm gonna I'm gonna start shooting uh, as soon as I get a camera, and uh, we're gonna do gonna do a documentary. <laughs> Hang up, Redondo Beach. Yeah. Watch out, Redondo Beach. Here comes Bear on a Longboard. Bear on a Longboard. Except I won't get to play myself. They're gonna bring in Robin Williams. Oh well, well no. When they make it into a movie, when it's not a documentary, absolutely, yeah, you yeah. will not be cast. <laughs> right. We'll be Alec Baldwin with we'll that play. same oh, yes. same chest. You know what? That's fine because if uh, if Alec Baldwin were to play me, that would sort of be. That would be, a, you know, what would be better? I feel like it's a no-brainer. The, really, the hirsuteness um, of the Baldwin family. You're, you're, po- you're, you're the Alec ba- Baldwin of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You know, I feel right now I'm underrated. But soon, now you're except, from similar, except without the voice. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Similar to the Baldwins, you are from Long Island. I are am. you hirsute as well? Is everyone on Long Island hirsute? Well, now I have to ask, here's suit. What do you oh, mean? Harry. Harry. Oh, here. Oh, <laughs> is that what that means? Yeah. Here's suit? Yes. <laughs> Why not just say Harry? Because he went to Yale. Because it, uh, it's Bastille Day. Bastille Day. <laughs> um, here's suit. Uh, I uh, am not. No, I'm a very uh, unhairy guy. As a matter of fact, I was showing, I shot something with Adam Scott yesterday. I shot a little Funny or Die thing that oh, he directed did. and wrote. And uh, the other person in it was Mark Duplass. Oh, and, oh, from yeah. the league, right? He, he's got uh, he's got some chest hair work. Well, no, him. well, no. We we were talking about how how little uh, hair we have under our armpits. Oh, and I showed him, and he showed me his uh, fairly uh, uh, hair free armpit, and then I showed him mine, and he said, "I won." <laughs> For those of you who can't oh, see, my goodness, I look that at, is you won with that. That looks like the peach fuzz. No, no I'm saying I, I, I won because chin. I had less. Right. 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 Oh, I see. Yeah. I said I have less. He said, "Oh no, I have less." And then I showed him my armpit oh. hair. You look like it looks like a fifteen-year-old trying to grow a mustache. Down That's there. right. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah. So, yeah. so the win in y'all's eyes was the less hair, the lack of hair. So I mean, that's that even less me than me. Like the biggest loser of all. It time. was just it, it's not. There's no winner or loser, and it's just. It, <laughs> I was talking about how I have very little hair on my body, 
I don't know how it came up. You know what? You're highly underrated when it comes to, to body <laughs> hair. <laughs> and Dan, you're not the loser. You're just gross. All that hair. Oh, Good no, lord. I think it's, I think Thank it's, you, Ken Marino. And, and I know James. Everyone looked askance at you, Marty. It is Gust. You know, I had to share a bathroom with you. you I, I, uh, we I will remember say this. That. You don't have to be topless for this interview. <laughs> but I'm doing it right now. There you go. Wait, you realize it's radio. You don't have to really No, no, do I, I know. That was gross for everyone in the room. Never do it again. Um, I do want to, Ken, I want to let you know. We do have, we're going to, we, we call in, we do have people call in, mm-hmm. though people don't call in all the time. So I don't want you to think, oh, he put out the number, nobody called. Right. It's me. Oftentimes we we don't get calls. Uh, so Dan, Dan, Jen, I'll be honest. So, I stopped listening to that explanation just because it started to confuse me. <laughs> we it's like not call. It's me. I just Wait, Dan, I Dan, start to zone out sometimes. <laughs> ten so minutes whatever ago. you said, sure. I don't know. <laughs> okay. what you said. Ten minutes ago, Dan, you said for those who don't know, uh, Ken. Oh, that's right. Okay, let me give the phone number and then I'll do this. Uh, the the new sir call in phone number. So this you really have to listen up on this three two three six four five. 8100. We'll have Ken Marino here for about the next hour, so you can call in anytime and ask questions. For those of you who don't know Ken, and I'm not, like, the, I know sometimes I start with our intersecting biography, but there, there was a, there's a great story. Ken, I met Ken when he came to work on Veronica Mars, and I don't know if you know this, Ken, or maybe I told you when, when I was drunk in Austin, um, was that Rob uh, Thomas had written in a, a character of Vinnie Van Lowe, a private eye in Veronica Mars, and it was just going to be a one-episode, two-scene role. And initially, they wanted me to play it. And the studio wouldn't let producers be in their shows, or at least that's what they told me to cover up for the fact that I didn't get the role. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. Or, or what producers are said, very wise. Uh, yes. <laughs> or what we say to them. <laughs> Let's make What's a role. That's What's our out? out? Because we hear Ken Marino's available. So Ken comes in, and we, of course, knew him from all his body of work before then. Ken comes in and just crushes the role of Vinnie Van Lowe and just turns it into a character that we had on for years on the show. That was our first intersection. And then, and then, and then for those of you who know the show Party Down, Ken was there so graciously from the beginning with the other cast doing it, doing the indie pilot with us for peanuts and no expectations and jumping in. And then ending, ended up directing the uh, final and show. directing the show. Final and we'll episode. talk more we'll about that. that. Yeah. But yeah, he did, he did just a killer job directing the season finale and or oh. the series finale as it turned Thanks. out. Yes. But Ken's done so much more than just like stuff with me. And because you know, know him as an actor from, Hot American Summer and lots of other things. And the state. Yeah, you went to NYU, right? The state. did go to NYU. You probably all know me from NYU. Yeah. <laughs> Remember he was that guy down the hall who just played Led Zeppelin all the time? <laughs> 1101, <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> and in my rambling introduction, the final thing is, of course, many people don't know this, but Ken is also a champion writer. And we'll talk some, you know, he, he talked a lot he, about that. Wrote with David Wayne, the, the movie Role Models, that wrote this movie that is right now called Wanderlust that he's also producing that'll be coming out. When is that coming out? Wanderlust is coming out uh, early to mid-January. I don't know exact, the exact date. So when we talk jack of all trades, think Ken Marino. No, oh, yeah. Oh. Callers. Hey, let's take a call to start off. What do you think, Ken? Sure, let's, let's do it. it. Okay, great. Uh, caller, you are on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, uh, Denton, Texas. Whoop, got a bit of a bad connection there. What would you say? Uh, Denton, Texas. Oh, great. How Dan from Texas. How's it going? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm David from Texas. I thought oh. you were asking where. <laughs> no, right. no, that's right. Right. David, David from Texas. <laughs> cool. What's yeah, up? Yeah, Denton is the city. <laughs> oh, uh, nothing much. Just calling in for Nooners. Oh, yeah? You have a question for Ken Marino or just calling to say hello? Oh, no. I mean, I just would be – I just want to talk to him, I guess, about the 10 and uh, Children's Hospital. That'd be cool. 
Yeah, all great. right. We'll get to that. Let's let's talk. Let's do it. Bring it. Tell us about the ten. And oh, you, want, you just no, I don't know. So, so, the, so the caller just wants me to talk about that. Yeah. Stuff. Oh, I see. We, we'll, we'll get to you that. know what. We'll, we'll touch. We'll, we'll to touch base on that during there. All right, uh, Dave. All right. We will talk soon. Nice. Right. Have fun and say hello to Texas. Is that what you said? <laughs> hello to Texas. <laughs> All right. Boy, boy, can you are lighting up the phone lines. We've not, this is really a phone line. This is extravaganza. Uh, caller, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? It's Tim from San Diego. Sweet. Oh, wait. Is this, is this Tim we've talked to before from San Diego? Yeah, it is. Hey. <laughs> How you doing, Tim? T Tim. from SD. Oh. T from SD. He T wrote, a, SD. He wrote a, a graduate school uh, paper yeah, on Yeah, thank me. you for getting that, did? that, yeah. that wow. thing out yeah. to us. How did he do? Uh, Failed. Wow. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, hey, man, uh, good to hear from you. Do you got a question for Ken Marino? I do have a question for Ken Marino. Sweet. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you for being in Reaper. He stole that show in every scene he was in. Oh, my gosh, thanks. Wow, that's uh, very nice to hear. Especially as we're in the, I mean, Kevin wrote it. And was was Tyler Labine on the show today? No, Kevin uh, didn't write no, it. No, he was supposed no, to be. car broke down. Yeah. Oh, okay. he, directed he directed the, the pilot. He directed the pilot, and yeah. I think yeah. he was a producer on it. Right. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. someone I wanted I met him for the first time today. Uh, Tim, we're gonna let we're gonna talk a little bit about that, but thanks for calling in, man. Um, so, what happened to someone uh, tweeted like they want to know what happened to season three? I mean, it's just a network decision, right? Of Reaper? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they just they uh, canceled it. But you know, the, for me, the bummer of Veronica Mars and Reaper is, I came on, did a part. Um, the people who uh, the powers that be liked it enough to keep me on, and then Veronica Mars. The next season, Vinny was gonna. Yes. The mayor of, uh. Yeah, uh, we were, we were, well, you know, we had sort of, this, we'll come back around because somebody had asked like about the season three finale of Veronica Mars and there, and Rob Thomas is going, actually going to be on the show on August 12th. So we'll save a lot of that for them. But yeah, we were going back and forth. And I think the last thing we had landed on was that Vinny would, Vinny would become, uh. I was running. Running. We were changed for, my whole uh, look and. Running and, for sheriff. Running for sheriff. Right. And then I was going to be sheriff. I, there, yes. there was a good chance I was going to become sheriff the next. Season and it, and then the show got canceled. Yep. That bummed me out. Yep. Then Reaper happened very soon after that, and I played a uh, uh, a gay demon, uh, and my lover was Michael Ian Black. Ah, yes, uh, who uh, got killed in the first episode and then became an angel, and um, we communicated um, throughout the second season uh, via uh, internet. Oh. Somehow. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, demon internet. Demon internet. Yeah. And then, uh, or something like that, or TV. Or, and then, uh, and then they were, I think they were gonna, there was gonna be a bigger storyline with, uh, those characters. And, uh, that show got canceled. So I have the, I have a, wow. what's the, what's the, kiss the opposite of, of, uh, yeah, it's a kiss of death, right? <laughs> what was the opposite of uh, kiss the minus of life. touch? <laughs> well, he, he got there. He got there. So well, I'm in this, we're in yeah. this beautiful house. Yep. Gorgeous house. Yeah. Great. Right. House. Can I Amazing. say where we are? Uh, just not the literal address. Right. But I can <laughs> but, say that we're in Kevin, oh, yeah, yes. Kevin's studios at Kevin's Kevin Smith's house. Gorgeous house. Yeah. I mean, yeah. from top to bottom, beautiful home. Yes. I happen to be sitting by a door. Right. Beautiful breeze coming in. The yes. sun, there's bougainvillea, there's gorgeous plants. The, it's just gorgeous. Yes. But directly in my eye line <laughs> is a, I see is a, a dog pooper scooper <laughs> That's, with, uh, I, I would say about, 
three and a half pounds of dog shit. <laughs> I'm looking at it too. That is chock full of poo. Uh, there are four dogs. Uh, in that but house. I mean, definitely sun baked. You know, oh, not, yeah. nothing to be offended by. Just don't break the seal. And it'll yeah. be fine. Um, and, and what is that doing for your concentration? Well, you <laughs> it, know, it, it I, I have. It? Well, I think you know. For me, I'm. I have a uh, history of shit. It plagues you daily. If you saw, like, for example, yes. uh, Diggers. Uh, which first, I did. Yeah. Terrific film. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, uh, my character is a, uh, is a clam digger, but he becomes yep. a plumber. Right. Uh, my dad was a plumber, and I, I used to go um, uh, on a lot of uh, jobs with him and clean a lot of cesspools. Really? Yeah. And and so is it as was, nasty as that sounds? I mean, do you do or do you have guard? And like at the end of the day, you have the guards on you wash it, and it's just you know. Is it as nasty as it sounds? I don't know. It wasn't nasty for me because it was what my dad did, and I right. looked up to my dad, and I was like, I went to work with my yeah, dad. And if we sense. got yeah. if we got if like uh, sometimes you would be cleaning the cesspool, and you know it smelled like. Yeah, what, what it like, is, but uh, sometimes like a brick would fall in and splash on you, and you would just go wash off. It just collateral damage. But it was you'd be uh, mature about it. And just... but it was uh, it was part of my uh, upbringing. So that, so if you see any of my my any anything I wrote, right? And any any of the films I've written, uh, you'll notice that there's a, there's just a, a theme of uh, either somebody sitting on a toilet <laughs> or somebody oh, talking yeah, like about the, their you, shit. You have the conversation with your. Daughter in the movie or a kid? My son, yeah. Son in the movie Diggers, while you're sitting on yeah, the shitter. He comes in while I'm sitting on the shitter. Um, well, in fact, that's why we have the dog shit outside. We <laughs> well, that's throw what it I thought. I thought it was like a little, show. we call the head. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like, you know, when a, like a guest comes in and like, you know, sometimes you lay out some nuts or like a red velvet cake. <laughs> you put out a three and a half pounds of Marty uh, is so good at research. I, he knew I it. Did he it. knew no, it. He felt what you would need to get him going. So that movie was, I mean, it's very different. It's That movie, I would say, is is underrated because I don't think a lot of people saw it. And Diggers, unfortunately, Diggers. yeah. Thank you. Uh, did and you a, see it? I did. Oh. oh, it's great. And Paul Rudd stars in it. And, mm-hmm. and did you know Paul before that? I met Paul on Wet Hot American oh, okay. Summer, and um, and I had uh, and loathed him. I loathed just, him. Just <laughs> no, I become friends with him on that, and uh, I had asked him. Uh, I, had, I I gave him the script, and uh, David Wayne was going to direct it. Right. And then uh, his show Stella got picked up, so he didn't. Somebody else directed it, but. Uh, Paul uh, liked the part, and and uh, well, I mean, for those of you who like Diggers, you should check it out because it is. And I don't like. I know Ken to be a, a really good actor, that and that just means crosses the line, dramatic and comic. But for those of you who haven't seen sort of a a dramatic turn, still with humor in it, right. but a realistic dramatic portrayer. It's about. It's about Long Island, sort of decaying, uh, the decaying of the, of the, of the digging industry there and, and how that affected lives of people expected that they might be able to do what their fathers did. Right. That, right. 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 Yeah. yeah. Paul Rudd's father is a clamor and he's yes. a clamor and. But it, the it, term clamor? Clam digger, yeah. Clam digger. A, yeah. You know, it reminded um, me of a community of clam like, diggers. The, like a John Sayles movie because how he goes into an area and so clearly evokes it mm-hmm. and dig, no, oh. no pun intended but digs right, into right. And, an and environment his, his and, uh, movies are very geographically oriented like yeah. they're about the place Lone that's Star right. Mate One and you know. so I think Diggers really it, takes you to a very specific time that's what, I mean I, that's what I wanted uh, yeah. when, now, when is that one of those it, screenplays that was like like in you for a while, like this is this is the very personal story I've been you know wanting to tell and I I don't know I mean I I I started writing my first screenplay because of um, um, my relationship with the guys in the state 
which is a, a friendly, competitive. Um, there's this friendly, right. competitive sure. nature. Sure. And so when the other guys started writing uh, screenplays, I was like, "Well, I, I'm going to write. I can write a screenplay. I'll write a screenplay. <laughs> Fuck you, your screenplay. Right? Here's my screenplay. Yeah. <laughs> and and their screenplay, you know, like Tom and Ben and right. uh, and, uh, and David and uh, and Showalter and and Mike Black and you know everybody was writing bigger or you know sillier. Uh, or or more mainstream comedies, right? And I was like, I'm going to do that. And then I sat down and I started writing more about my growing up on Long Island, and it became Diggers. And so I kind of went in this other direction. And I was like, well, this is never going to get made, <laughs> and it almost didn't. And um, somebody gave a very little amount of money to get it made, and I was very grateful. Well, check it all out. Check check it all out. Check it all out. Check it all out. Check it all out. Um. What was, I was just going to ask you another. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Ken, do you remember we were all down in Austin for the party down uh, marathon at the at the uh, the Alamo Draft House? Yes, I remember that. And we were at. Uh, <laughs> remember that? Good. So you remember that weekend? <laughs> First, let me take you back. You remember that weekend? Then we were at an impromptu dinner Friday night. At the end of it, mm-hmm. and this is so. It, it, and this is why this might be bad radio. It may not be funny in the retelling, but it's such a favorite moment of mine that I'm telling it. And fuck it, if no one else thinks it's funny. But at the end of the evening, there was that. It wasn't the whole dinner was great. There was nothing awkward about it, but there was that awkward moment where it was like, "Should we go?" And and Ken just kind of leaned in, and it was sort of in the spirit of kind of. Uh, I think you started to say something that might be uh, like, "Maybe we should all move on," but you kind of backed off on it and mutated. Do you remember the song lyric that you just kind of started singing at the end of the dinner? No, you just sounded and you went. You just kind of went. You, I, you went. You started out with "I believe," but I think you were saying, "I believe maybe we should go," but then you kind of changed it into sing song. You went. I believe we all we, we you and I believe we all still have time to be jolly. <laughs> yes. You grabbed onto that. Yes. And that was the kind of uh, yes. song for the weekend. Yes. Yes. I believe we all have time to be a jolly. <laughs> and by the time, because I was really smashed, and Ken was a little stinko, so by the time we got to the street, we were doing it as like two 80-year-old Irish drunks <laughs> with no idea what we are singing. With gusto, I mean like, I, I believe. We all have time to be jolly. Singing it down the street to the annoyance of every. I mean, yes. Megan Lally, who's delightful, was. I believe she was. She yeah. she did it in a nice way. She said, "I've really never seen you that drunk before." <laughs> quite, quite, frank, quite frankly, it's it's probably um, a story that should have stayed in Austin because I'm, I'm sure the viewers are like basically uh, acting like Megan right now. Yeah, is like, just like really. <laughs> You had a good time down there, huh? Look, I, I, I prefaced it with won't be funny, bad radio, whatever. But uh, but singing with you for literally 15 minutes just nice. going on, staggering Look, down the street. It was good for me, too. I, I think that's your sponsor calling right now. Yeah, <laughs> it was good for me, too. <laughs> to be jolly. Do you want Which get I that still do. Phone call? Yeah. Oh, wait, do you want to cut off my to be? I'm just about to sing to be jolly now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but I know that Nick, Nick went with me down there, and I know that Nick had, I mean, because I was singing it back in the hotel room afterwards. I, he had had it up to here with the to be jolly. Never wants to hear again uh i i saw that in nick's eyes i saw that in nick's eyes i'm Great. so glad you guys are still together <laughs> yeah that. it was really it was, t- it was touch and go with my singing you That's the thing. to like like shove you out into the undertow <laughs> oh my dan's been caught in a recurrent oh somebody help not true he'd never do that to me we're taking a that caller would, now that'd be a fantastic ending to bear on a longboard <laughs> killed by killed by, oh dear murdered um, all right. Hey, uh, caller, you are uh, on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? 
Uh, this is Mike. I'm from Boston. How's it going? Good. How are you, Mike? Doing pretty well. Um, I'm a big fan of the podcast and huge White Hot American Summer fan. And, uh, oh, great. Well, just wanted to ask Ken, um, if, like, with all the previous collaborations and knowing everybody, did you guys, like, stick around on set and watch everybody else, um, like, perform their scenes and stuff? In, in Wet Hot? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we were all, it was a four or five week shoot. It was a pretty short shoot, and, um, we all stayed at the camp where we shot it. So we were all staying in the nurses' quarters. And, um, it rained. It was supposed to all take place essentially one day, and it was supposed to be the last day of camp, and it was supposed to be summer and beautiful and sunny, and it, it rained 27 of the, of the 31 days we shot or something like that. <laughs> so there was a lot of bonding. It was actually, that's how we really kind of, that, you know, bonded, and that, that's why we bonded, and that's why we got to know each other so well, and, you know, I made a lot of, um, uh, friends uh, on that shoot. Uh, did you make any still, enemies? More I made a couple of enemies. I yeah. killed a man. Oh, <laughs> just to um, see him die. Just to see him die. <laughs> right. That, that's how. That's um, again. We, I we know had Joe Latrulli on, and he had a much different story. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, you know, we we uh, it was a very supportive gang, and so yes, we we th- and there was nowhere else to go, so we would always walk <laughs> over to wherever they were shooting and watch somebody be uh, funny. Well, Mike well, Boston. Like, oh, do you have a follow-up? All right, bring it. I do have one follow-up. Yeah, what about, uh, didn't like Huffington Post or something say that there might be a sequel? They did, Huffington Post, and you know Huffington Post never lies. <laughs> never. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, there is a, uh, there, you know, they've, David and, and show have been talking about, uh, that for a while. There's been a, um, a little bit of momentum in that. Uh, conversation and uh, hopefully it'll happen. You know, that's uh, one of the everybody would want would want to do it. You you could legitimately say pent up demand and in all honesty, I yeah. think that Pete that, that is such a widespread cult film that I, I mean think yeah, is it well? So. Is it ten years old now? Is that it's the ten year anniversary? Right. Yeah, like there's yeah. been tons wow. of press about it. So. Well, thanks for calling, Mike from Boston. We'll talk to you next Thank time. You guys. I miss you, you already, you. Mike. <laughs> um, so getting um, yeah. like. Almost everybody in the state was in that, right? A lot of um, not everyone. The only movie where everybody the from 10, the state right? was in it, uh, if you include, we included a picture of Mike Jan because he couldn't be there. <laughs> so there's a there's a framed picture of him in the movie. Was the tent? We we yeah. got everybody in that one. But and, uh, in 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 Wet Hot, I think there were a couple of guys who, who uh, weren't in it. And you and Wayne wrote the ten. David and I wrote the ten. Uh, yeah, we wrote the 10 and, uh, that was a, that was a writing experiment because we, we, that was the first thing we, we wrote a lot of, uh, sketches together on the state or skits or whatever they're called. Um, and we just, he lived on the East Coast. I lived over here on the West Coast. And so we decided, okay, how can we write something? Because we both have a lot of shit to do. So we just decided to find seven days, go somewhere, lock ourselves in a room and, bang out a script and so that was the first uh, a, a script that we wrote together and our, the 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 experiment was let's write something and then not have anybody give us notes and let's just try <laughs> to shoot that in its purest form and we know that it's you know a ridiculous movie <laughs> um, but we love it for that reason right. you know? yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and i mean and it was great that like all so many of the state were in it yeah yeah, yeah. that was the moment like i had not met joe latrulio and then I, I saw the 10 and i've seen him in other things and obviously not, i dug him oh, he's great and he's when great in his the, walk the down the bar 
yeah. to go is it like I couldn't stop watching. I was obsessed with yeah. how brilliant that walk down the bar. Yeah. So when I first met him, that's all I could talk about. Your walk down the bar yeah, in the yeah. tent was so amazing. It was so hilarious. And so that was the first script you and David wrote together, and and has that. Um, have you guys come up with a good like workflow? Um, you know, basically, you know, we we did the same thing again. Uh, we, well, you know, I say we locked ourselves in a room for seven days with no idea, and then we by the end we come out with a script. But then what we do is we spend you know two years honing it. Right, right, right. right. But but um, we, did, we did the same thing with uh, Wanderlust, which is this Universal right. movie that's coming out. We locked ourselves in a room and we wrote. We said we're going to come out with a first draft and we did and then it and then you know for the next three years or two years we kept changing it and changing it and changing it but but uh the uh, the to get over that hump of like finishing a first draft is so important in my head and i think dave's too uh once you get there then you're like okay now i can finesse it or i can change it but i know i have something i can hold it in my hand and i know what the i know what the world is on some level you know and um, I think that's the hardest part of writing a, a yeah. I, play. I, like rewriting right. is also really painful because you're just like, isn't it done yet? Isn't it done yet? Like, I, there it is. Like, there's a stack of pages, and you want me to rewrite the whole thing again, or do, well, you know, can I? I'd like to chime in because I think that I and I know you, and I say this completely res- respectfully, is like you're hard on yourself. So are you hard on yourself in that rewriting process? In other words, oh, it, no, it can be better, and keep pushing forward, or you know, despite it's, that it, pain. I would say when I'm uh, with. When you're writing with a partner, it's easier for me to be like, okay, and that's, that's right. That okay. feels right because you're bouncing it off your partner and you're, and you're saying, you know, you're looking for their reaction. You're looking, you're, you're, Dave and I always use the term, you know, the, uh, blink from that, you know, that book, blink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, well. And so we, we always kind of just go, okay, well, that was funny to us in that moment. And we're not going to second guess it. Like that was funny. So right. let's put that down. And then, you know, two, three days later, when we look at it again, or a week later, if it's still funny, it's funny, and then we move on. Right. You know, yep. Um, yep. so uh, we're not that hard on ourselves in that way. I, I mean, Dave is probably uh, more specific of um, in, in what he wants, right. dialogue-wise, than I am. I like right. to, you know, uh, keep it a little looser. And Dave, Dave will be like, no, no, no. I think it has to. You know, this is how it has. You have to break down. You know break down what they say and, and then you sort of negotiate yeah. that towards yeah. it yeah and then how did the process on like role models go oh because that was a previous screenplay right role models was written there was there were, i think there were like 17 writers before us and we came on david david was hired eight weeks out right to direct it uh the director had dropped out i'm gonna i'm about to burp that's great do i do it on no it we'll, we'll, we'll like, vamp it's like three three inches from the mic is perfect <laughs> yeah that works right. perfect Ladies and gentlemen, Camerino. Now, I believe we all have time <laughs> be gentle, to be jolly. Um, uh, so Dave came on eight weeks out, and and um, and he said, "I'll direct it if I get to rewrite it with my writing partner." So, <laughs> he didn't consult you, and you're like, "No, no, 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 no. <laughs> eight weeks, dude." <laughs> no, no, but it, no, he did. But but um, he's and and it was hard. It was it was very difficult. Um, but we. You know, really kind of reworked it uh, right. along with Paul Rudd. Right. So what he I really came on liked after about it, though, the, right? Like, no, Paul guys. was Paul was attached to the project before David came on. Oh. And what I really dug about the movies, every time I thought I could see where the joke was going to be, it made a left turn and made and did a funnier joke. You know what oh. I mean? Like I could see where I thought, okay, the scene's headed towards this guy, and it and it veered cleverly and oh. uniquely. That, that's yeah, what I dug about that. I could see it in normal studio comedy hands. 
all those scenes you could see like, okay, the point of the scene is blank and the comedy would have been right on the nose of it. Right. And I thought it just always veered interestingly off into riskier territory or something unknown. I thought that, oh, that made thanks. it kind of special. So you know what time it is, uh, Marty? Not actually, but do you know it's time for we have a little it's I, I'd call it a bit, but it's really an excuse to to chat about different things. Oh. Um <laughs> the okay. it's time now. Uh, I asked Marty to come up with uh, uh, three questions for every guest, and we call the segment Marty's Softballs. Marty Softballs. Is there a song? Uh, no. There is now. I think. Oh, Marty Softballs. Let's, let's put, before the softballs, we, you know, you haven't, I don't know if you've heard, we have a, this ragtime nooner theme written by our pal Brad Stark of San Francisco, who, that we always open the show with. We're very mm-hmm. fond of it. But Brad, in this, like, in this mad genius musical sprint, has been writing us alternate themes. <laughs> and we like to play one every show just to give a taste of the theme that, that the path not traveled. Right. Um, so, do you, do you have, did you get that in the email? I do have it. Okay. Is he the guy who wrote the Party Down theme song? No, no, no. That's Josh Craman here in town. But Brad's, uh, Brad's a great guy up in San Francisco. Okay. Uh, very musically inclined. Very music like Beethoven. Um, this one I'm going to put out there in, in advance is deeply offensive. Okay. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, now Brad doesn't, Brad is not literally being offensive, of course. It's in quotes. But just so it said, because it deals with rape, Mm-hmm. Well, no, I'm sorry. It date, it date rape. It sorry, date well, rape. it references it. it I mean, well, it references to so deals with. I think no. so. Anyway, with no further ado, a very short alternate, and it's called "Noon Means Nooner." <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> I like it already. Preview. <laughs> Preview. You say no means no. Brilliant. Nicely done, Brad. <laughs> that is not, it's not offensive at all. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> I, what I particularly love, I mean, of course, I always love Brad's lyrics and, the, and the, the, the switcheroo on Take Back the Night to Make the Day. But what I love is that Beatles-esque between the stanzas. Oh. Yeah. Oh, like, that's yeah, what really, really nice. got me when I was listening I loved to it. it. Yeah. So I, I pretty much dig it. We, we have a house nooner. In other shows, there's a country western nooner, Bruce Springsteen, a Randy Newman nooner, which is a little like, Ooh. you know, yeah. I mean, but he hits... It's he picked a tiny target and hits the bullseye. I can't bullseye. wait to hear it. When can I hear that? Do I have to listen to the show every no, day? No, no, yes, we'll play for you. Oh dear God! <laughs> I'll send you a whole file. <laughs> um, so anyway, but we are sticking with the ragtime nooner theme as the main theme. But yes, yes, we will have often new Brad Stark nooners for you. I'm out there. But let's do. Um, oh, by the way, you know, if you want to tweet us at Nooner Dan Marty. Marty's, Marty should be looking at the tweets. Oh, no, I have been. Okay, For instance, Relman23 says that Ken's like the male summer glow. Um, <laughs> I, I think that refers to the amount of body hair that you both have. Oh, what is, this? is this a tweet? <laughs> the uh, the male a, summer was, glow. Yeah. Someone That's, tweeted that. You should put that. <laughs> That's the finest compliment ever received. <laughs> wow. um, Put that down right here. And uh, you're at Ken Marino. Um, yes, you should yes. check out the, in the, um, well, in the meantime, well, uh, let's do, um, Marty Softballs. What do you think? Marty Softballs. Right. Oh, Brad, we might need a Marty Softball theme if you're listening. Well, I think you, we just had one. So we add good. music to the, uh, no, it's <laughs> no, not. Ken Marino provided the vocals. <laughs> Thank soundtrack. you, Ken Marino. Listeners. Come up with some music. Jack of all trades. Now we can add singer songwriter. <laughs> oh. 
All right, softball number one. All right, uh, how and when did you learn the facts of life? Oh, I love it. Oh, he's thinking. <laughs> he's thinking. And while you're thinking, I'm going to sing you a little song. I believe. Uh, 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 you know, it's I, I've I've just recently started uh, doing some podcasts. You know, oh, okay. And uh, I get very nervous during okay. them. You yeah, know, like yeah. uh, because uh, it doesn't show. Because like it's never like you've never done live theater before. But it's but it, it's just it's um I don't know. There's something more raw about it. It's it's like stand up comedy, which is something it's, that I it's bareback appreciate. comedy. It's terrifying, um, but it's though. terrifying, yeah. and I. I, I, I can't uh, see myself getting up on stage and doing stand-up comedy. Right. So I went on a, another podcast recently, and um, and they're like, "We're going to ask you questions." Oh. And the questions had they were a trick. They were essentially my the answer was supposed to be uh, different movies that I've been in or shows. Oh. Yeah, but I should let you off the hook. It is there is this no, like no, no, that. No, no, no. no, no. These is, are the, genuine no, softballs. Balls. These are just. There's no wrong answer that you don't have to be funny. It's literally so we can move on from talking uh, about biographical I things. I love it. Just in, so, so what was the question again? <laughs> and the answer is wet, hot American stuff. <laughs> <laughs> <God> damn it. <laughs> and you failed. <laughs> no, there, there is nothing behind this. Don't overthink it. Literally, we'd like to know as much as you feel comfortable telling us how and when you learn the facts of life. And I will, I'll also give an answer yeah. later if I feel like it. I, uh, had asked, my mother, mm-hmm. when I was pretty young, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to think now, it was probably second grade, first grade, maybe before mm-hmm. then. Yeah. What, where do babies come from? Right? Yeah, that's right. a pretty good that's, question. And, uh, that's she, the fact of life I was looking she for. She <laughs> told my dad to go tell me. And so my dad <laughs> took me upstairs, told me. And then I, and my mom tells a story. I came downstairs and I looked at her and I said, I should have waited till next year. <laughs> so it was around, it was around then. I, the, I, we moved houses somewhere around when I should be asking those questions. And, and I don't, I, I don't think my dad listens to this, but uh, I hope you're not mad about this, dad, because this is coming out now. But the, uh, so we're moving and in the moving, there were boxes put in the kids' rec room. And I guess mislabeled box, I opened it up and there's this whole collection of Playboy and penthouses mm-hmm. in it. And I thought, treasure trove. So I did what any kid immediately do, stole the box and went out and put it in our swamp fort mm-hmm. near the house. Sure. Right. Sure. Cause that's, we all, I, we that, all, we that. all did that. <laughs> Who here hasn't done that? Yeah. So A, I wonder if dad ever noticed like, Oh, lost in the move. I hope he blamed the movers. But then apparently, like, I did get caught with reading a penthouse or something. And so that engendered the, like, well, if you're going to be, if you've stumbled upon the more purient aspects, we should talk about the right. regular aspects. Turn me gay. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, thanks, it, Dad. It, 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 thanks. All right. It didn't, Dad. I promise you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, uh, don't I don't sweat it. I also remember that something very similar. My yeah. dad, had, or I, I assume my dad had, it, yeah. we, we, you know, we had like a, a cardboard box with all like old photos in it. Right. And at the bottom of it was like an old, it wasn't Playboy, it wasn't Penthouse. It was like, it wasn't one of those like hardcore ones. It was right, just like right, one right. of the old ones where they the, the the women were nude, but they were still wearing bottoms, you know. But they were <laughs> right. like up on the branch of a tree and like uh, <laughs> a, a silvered creature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like soft right. focus, but it was like right, right. you know, you know, uh, full on topless. And so I had ripped a page out of that. And we had built the house. My dad built this house that we lived in, right? right? So nobody lived in it before us. Okay. And I and in my room in my closet, there, I had a bean bag, and I had 
hid it under the beanbag, this picture. <laughs> and then one day I came home from school or playing or whatever, and I walked up and my mother was vacuuming my room, and the beanbag was now on, in the middle of my room and not in the closet. And I, I still remember this very vividly. And, um, and, and so like I kind of slowly walked into the room knowing that she clearly had found the, the nude picture. And, um, and, uh, she said, Ken, what, what is this? And I, without hesitation, was like, I didn't put it there. I, it must have been here. <laughs> and <clears throat> thinking about it now, that makes no sense because we built the house. Well, yeah. my, my mother found, uh, the playboys in the bottom of my pants drawer. Like, why I chose that, tied them there is stupid because she would always put clothes there. Right, right. So then she sat me down and explained to me how, uh, playboy objectified women and it was very exploitative and, Yada, yada, yada. Um, then I go down to the refrigerator and she clipped out one of the cartoons in it and put it on, like, <laughs> on the refrigerator because it made her laugh. And it was just like, and this was like, you can't do that, mom. <laughs> no, it's like, this is a reminder of like, you're a horned dog and, uh, and, uh, yes, and, and, and I found out. <laughs> um, oh. but, uh, you know, we all used to, as kids, like, rip, nudie pictures out and hide them in the woods and hide them in our fort. Let's remind folks out that this is before this is before even cable television. This is when there was NBC. Well, I, would, Fox, I, I would stare CBS at the scramble. I would stare, yeah. yeah. Dude, I would stay up late and stare at the scramble of like Showtime That's so for their right. late night like like uh, soft core porn, just for basically. a hint of tit, yeah. just so every once in a while, and you'd like you take the the dial and you yeah, try to go half in between, yeah. and it, it would hold for a second until they switched angles, right. and then it would get blurry again. And I, I, clearly, we all used to do I this at some level, and now kids can't. Now, now kids don't do that anymore. They, they don't have to do it. Like what the. What are they, they don't doing know what we now? went through. These you know, acrobatic you know, channel holding It was so much more challenging to... You, you, you had to be creative to yeah. find a way to look at nudity. And now There's, it's like... Yeah. It's everywhere. It's spoon-fed like, to you now. Kids probably think that, like, that you get pregnant by pulling out and coming on a woman's face. You know, yeah. that's probably how their, what their concept is. <laughs> what? Well, just because that, that's, they, there's so much porn available. That's, that's, you know what right. I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the money shot. The money shot. The money shot. The money you know, on a well, ten- well, and they probably also think that women like that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> Look at that; she's groaning. Like, she's how coming come, from that? How come she doesn't like that? I'm that I'm doing that to her face. <laughs> <laughs> they like it on on the internet. <laughs> it, apropos of nothing, I was thinking of mom. You know, mom catching the photograph. You know, Joey Joey Adams is in town, and when she's in town, we we, we share a place. And the other night, I'd just gone to bed. And she has to, and the bathroom is near my bedroom, so she's walking around. I had just gone to bed, so I just need to take on my clothes and gotten into bed. And I hear her, her voice asking me something. So I get up and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, it's okay. And I stumble and I hit a lamp and I can't quite get my pants on. And so she kind of said, you were masturbating, weren't you? I just caught you masturbating. And we had to, we had a 10 minute argument. Me, it's always proving a negative that you can't do. I was not masturbating. I just didn't have clothes on. I thought you were coming in. I'm sorry. I knocked over a lamp. I know it, in the aggregate, it feels like something bad is going on, but I wasn't. I truly wasn't. I, I, I believe, that, I believe Joey. You protest I, too much. I, I yeah. That's exactly that was, what I said when she, t- when she was complaining about it. I was, no, I when think, you were complaining about I, it. I, I don't, I, thanks guys for the support. Thank you. <laughs> well, because we, 
Well, All you have to do is like just show her your cock and then like kind of just like ring it out, like just squeeze out to the tip of it. And if nothing comes out, you clearly weren't masturbating. I did you had, do that. Oh, you did, and she still <laughs> didn't believe it. Wow. All right, we're on your side. Yeah, Dad. okay, thank you very little. Um, see how Marty's softball works? Boy, what a great wow. opening softball. Mm-hmm. All right, um, number two. In, in high school, what was your favorite TV show? In high school, softcore porn between channels 31 and <laughs> 32. Um, uh, high school, favorite TV show. God. Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, I watch a lot of MTV with my friends, yeah, so like yeah. we, we, we stayed on that in high school. At night? While you're chiming in, I'll throw in... Hill Street Blues. We watched right. Hill Street right. Blues. I love that. I'm going to throw in SCTV. Oh, yeah. At the early SCTV. I will say there. this. I didn't get SCTV until I was in college. I watched oh, it. Right. I remember it was on right. TV, and I was like, I don't... I know... Uh, they threw the TV out of the, yeah. the hotel, and it smashes like hey this is interesting and then i start watching and they start doing these impressions of people i don't know <laughs> and it's clearly like i just i just couldn't wrap my head around it and then as i and then when i got um, into college and uh, uh, started watching other things i was like oh i get what they're yeah, doing I, I get it i remember the first time i saw it i was it was a little scary because like these characters are so you know extreme and big and like yeah. i didn't have a, a reference point for for that like yeah yeah well, that's, you know, it's funny you say that because one of my first, I have two early pop culture memories. The first two early memories, because I was probably four at the time, four or six, but my first one was the Olympics suddenly going, I think, maybe I've told the story on here, but the Olympics suddenly going back and the Olympics thing going on, and then my parents ushering me out of the room. During oh, the really? And it was, it was, you know, and looking back, it was the Munich Olympics. Right, you know, right. so, And so oh. I remember that, and then right around watching the Olympics, also came on this show where there was this family of clowns. But instead of being nice to one another, they're dropping like the huge 800 pound weights and hurting each other. And, and so at four, I was like, well, why are the, and I was devastated. I was crying uncontrollably, the clown. And so I never knew what it was. And then in high school, I'm watching Monty Python's Flying Circus. Oh, right. And it's the clown family skit with their, but, a four-year-old seeing that, like you're saying how I'm not equipped to understand the comedy. I just thought it was delightful, lovely clowns hurting and killing one another. And it made yeah. me so, it scarred me. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Like, Monty Python, yeah. like also the animations in Monty Python were really grotesque yes. and scary. <laughs> yes. But but I did watch. I somehow connected to Monty Python in high school much more than I connected to SCTV. Yeah. Well, no, no, Python like, was great. In elementary school, you know, it would come on PBS and you'd see the shows. And those, you know, it's a little creepy. Like these. Yeah, I mean, the it's Terry Gilliam animation to get into, but the yeah. um, but I did watch um, uh, Monty Python the Holy Grail, and that was like when I really thought like this is funnier than anything I've ever yes, seen. Yes, and that was mind blowing when yeah. I saw Holy Grail. I was like, oh my, comedy can be something so different than. But I um, when we were in high school, there was Musty TV on Thursday, right? Or was that was it called Musty TV then? Cos- Cos- Cosby, Cosby was on. Cosby. Yeah, you know, Family you know, Ties. Yeah. Simpsons was, had started. Was when that? We were. In we high were school. I think you might. We maybe were just as hair. You're a hair younger than I am. Yeah, you probably. You're a hair uh, maybe younger cu- than cu- I am. Couple of years, I think. Uh, yeah, one yeah, or two yeah. years. So because that because I think much. Simpsons was Simpsons really was kicking. That's when you and I moved to L.A. Yeah. No, no, we we it was in college. Okay. Yeah. So that may be. But I think eighty nine. What? No. No. Forty two. You're 42? Yeah, 42. Wait, I'm 42. The Simpsons were on my... Really? You're 42? But you were were class of of 91 or 90? Class of 91. Yeah, we were class of 90. Okay, so So right around the same time. Yeah. All right, Simpsons. But, but, you know, there was a cheer. What about Parker Lewis Can't Lose? I didn't watch (laughs) it. I I watched it. I love Parker Lewis. Corky Nemec. Yeah. Um... So, so we going with Simpsons? Is that your final answer? No, my final answer is Hill Street Blues. Oh yeah, right on. Okay, great show. Yeah, great show. 
They, we should, they should do more shows like that. <laughs> you know, cop shows. Yeah, cop drama. shows would be great. It'd be great if there's some yeah. cop shows out there. We get yeah. a good procedural on TV. Yeah. We haven't seen Have you been on a procedural? A uh, yes, I did a um, NYPD Blue. Very good. You did. did you have to Blue. show your ass? <laughs> I did not show my ass. I did not show my ass. Um, but I had to interrogate someone, which I thought was funny. A perp? Yeah. Was, yeah. was it because I'm sure you've done somewhere during your comedy life a faux interrogation scene? Yes. Was it? Well, in the ten, we in the ten we wrote oh, one where right. I'm getting interrogated <laughs> by right. Liev, and uh, and it you know it's just it's funny it's funny when you're doing it like, <laughs> like and you have to really sell yeah you it. have to like sell it and you have to like really it was it was a serious topic I think it was like a a priest who molested a kid or something and I'm like. <laughs> grilling him you know like i'm just like it was, it was were there any of those thought. lines like when i was involved and i won't tell this story and i'll tell it some other day, but i was when i was helping someone who had just been stabbed and they literally were bleeding out and i'm holding their blood there i found myself because i needed people to go get towels because too much blood was coming out of the guy and at one point i did say you know something like he said i'm feeling cold which was like oh my god he's gonna die and i just went stay with me stay with me because it's all i knew what i wanted to say <laughs> he started slapping him no he's saying somebody really got stabbed and you were oh yeah i mean this is kind of this a longer Story, but yeah, it was in San Diego. There was a, I won't tell now, but there was a stabbing and I ended up just covered in this man's aortic blood because he was just, oh my God. Yeah. And he oh, was on the news. Blood. Dan Sorry. was on the news. Yeah. And, and the, I should tell the whole story sometime, but not here. We don't waste your time on it. Did he live? He did. Thank and, God. You know what? It is a kind of, should I just tell like the two minute version of it? I mean, if you want to waste my time, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Okay. No, it was, it was Super Bowl and I was down at shooting Veronica Mars and, and I was watching it by myself. I was too tired to go anywhere. And I lived right in a little apartment complex where over the concrete wall was the CVS parking lot. And I hear this blood curdling screaming, that kind of screaming that you know, that's not fucking around screaming. Right. So I look over the window and there's this old man and old woman, a couple, the old woman screaming, he stabbed my husband. He st-. And his husband, nobody else can see this because the other people in the parking lot who are starting to glean, there's a problem. And the old man's got this, I can see there's just red arterial blood coming out of his back. Mm. And then I look, and 20 yards to the right is this Manson-looking dude standing there with a knife, just standing creepily gazing at everybody. And the, now I do feel good about myself for doing this. I don't know why I did it, because the guy had a knife, but I feel good about myself for this, this moment. Is I, I was thinking, that, that guy is going to bleed out. I mean, there's just too much blood. So I went over the wall and just went over and started to put my hand on his back and keeping a sharp eye on the guy with the knife sure. 20 yards away. But I could see it in his eyes. He was, he was crazy and he wasn't doing anything. He was just standing there smiling. So I think like, I think I'm, I think I'm, I might be safe to just do this. Right. <clears throat> so we get the woman calmed down. I'm holding that. Then I take off my shirt because there's too much blood. And then I, st- I rip off part of my pajamas. So now I'm kind of in my boxers in a parking lot. This man's blood all over me. We sit down. The paramedics come over, but they can't come in until the site is secured, and there's still a guy with a knife there. So the guy's bleeding out, and he's like saying, oh like, I'm feeling cold, and blah, blah, blah. Finally, the police come, they arrest him, and they, they, they get the guy out, and they, he, he lives, and, and his wife, who got a little nick, lives. So that was great. The crazy thing is, is the guy was insane and wanted to go back to prison, so he just walked through a parking lot and randomly stabbed two people. And was so he could go back to prison. Here's the upshot, and this is not, this is not, uh, this is unbelievable. The man and woman, and this is a total coincidence, turned out to be uh, uh, psychiatrists or psychologists whose specialty was dealing with the mentally ill population in prisons and how we were releasing them too soon. Wow. So their life's work 
is dealing with people like him who randomly picked them and stabbed them in the parking lot. And it became a huge news thing because both Jesus. because of brutal stabbing and because of the great irony of it. Can so. I just jump in here yeah, uh, sure. to change the subject? And you are a hero. By the way. <sighs> Jesus, that's not why I told it. it was no, no, no. But no, it was but just, the whole point was I was saying, like, you know, get, me, get me a towel, stat, and stay with me, stay with me. <laughs> right. One of the things uh. that I was saying to the guy. <laughs> but that's You're like, not going anywhere. <laughs> but you hope that when the situation comes up like that, don't that you die on me, like you jit. Right, right. Total out of the abyss. Yeah. Um, but we did get a, a couple tweets uh, from Rob Thomas. <laughs> he said uh, he's, he called. He tried to call. So sorry, oh, he did. Rob. Sorry, we, oh, yeah, we, I did we, see we just like, caught up. And you know what? You, you can call chat. back anytime, Rob. And uh, we'll but he said fun. you weren't in line to play um, the uh, Vinny. <laughs> they wanted you for man in cargo shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that hirsute man in cargo shorts? <laughs> yeah, it was implied. That's Harry, Harry man in cargo shorts. Then <laughs> somebody lied to me, Rob, because in all honesty, somebody had told me that. And at one moment, I went into the set by myself because one of the scenes was in the, the, uh, Veronica's antechamber, the Mars investigations, and I practiced the scene. Oh, okay. I'm going to take this call. Yeah, maybe it's just, <laughs> um, caller. Uh, I'm glad you, you didn't know. play the part. Yeah, I know you did. Uh, call, hey, caller, you're on the air. Is this you, Rob? Hello, this is Sven from Germany. Oh, hi, Sven. Hello, Sven from Germany. Hey, dude, how, how are you? How are you doing? Um, hey, um, yeah, nice to hear from you. Are you the one with the girlfriend who sent... Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I'd like to thank you because um, it took her a long time yesterday when, when she wrote the email. And uh, and it's nice for me that you, you took her very serious and she, she spent a lot of time writing that email. Oh, no. We, 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 did, we are going to get to it. We're going to get to it. But I do want to say this up front so your, your feelings on her, especially because you're calling from Germany, is that yeah. we, you know, Rob Thomas is going to be on on August 12th. And we'll probably actually try to get to the real bottom of some of the questions then. But so now – but so I don't want Martina – to be slighted for the time she put in to write us a kind email about various questions. But I, so I, I did talk to Diana uh, Ruggiero. Oh, you did? About okay. These, uh, uh, you know, Sven, I don't want to waste your, your money. Or did you have another Germany. question? Do you have another question? No, I have a, I have a question. Uh, oh, yeah, sure, okay. because, yeah, please. Uh, first of all, I'd I just like uh, to say uh, happy birthday to, to James today. Oh, yeah. yep, Thank you, you And um, <laughs> I have a question for Ken because um, did he have a, a role model for the character of, um, uh, of, of his character? Because he reminded me of a Young version of uh, Andrew Dice Clay, something a handsome version of him, or oh, Vinny Van Lowe. Vinny Van Lowe. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't. Or did you just just get into the act like this? I don't know. Uh, no, I didn't. I I had read the part and I was like, oh, I think I'd play it like this. I didn't think of a, a person I would play it like. I would just, I just. That's usually how I. Ken's own unique parts. comic creation, <laughs> but yeah, I could see I could see some uh, Andrew Dice Clay. If you say it, <laughs> no, it, re it just reminded me of him, and then it was so nice. We 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 watched the whole three seasons a couple of weeks ago, and it was it was a blast. I thank you guys for this show. It was really nice. Well, thank you very much. And thanks for the well, kind hand. We'll, we'll tackle it once. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll just go through him very quickly on, right before now. Before you drop him, though, oh, yeah, yeah, Sven, can you do me one huge favor for my birthday? Yeah, yeah, please. Could you just say? We have ways of making you talk. Uh, <laughs> that is so... <laughs> just just repeat it, or what do you want me to say? We have ways of making you talk. Just repeat We have that. ways of making you talk. Oh, 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 right. Thank I, you, Sven. I apologize. Thank you, I love you, Sven. Of the, of, of okay, see you guys on Twitter. Right. And, uh, thank you. I love you, Sven. Take care. Take care. Right, thanks. thanks. Love you. So, so, um, so Sven's girlfriend, Martina, wrote a very, very uh, long and, and well-thought email that was <laughs> fucked up, James. I'll just comment on that. It's just fucked right. up. Wow, man. You know, Nooner prides itself on going right up to the line and yeah. that over. You did, the, 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 I, I'm sure all of Germany said, yeah, 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 we got it. We got it, dickhead. 
dickhead. <laughs> Happy <it>. birthday. And <laughs> now to Marty you. <laughs> no, I want to get that off. <laughs> the culturally sensitive nooner. Um, uh, okay. Okay. So anyhow, she wrote this email yeah. and it was very complimentary of, yeah. of Smodcast and, and of Veronica Mars. Um, so th- she had some questions. Maybe you guys um, can answer them. I asked Diane them. She was sort of helpful. So why the fuck did uh, Logan destroy the videotapes that were the only evidence of his father being Lily's murderer? And yeah, okay. We'll see, m- many people in Nando don't know what we're talking about. So yeah, let's, let's but, just go. Let's, okay, 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 so I'll just yeah, go through them very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Diane said her first reaction was, well, how the fuck should I know? That was like years ago. But then she... No. Yeah. Yeah. Then, no, okay. but she she did say, well, didn't they? he didn't want... Um, people to see Lily in that way. I think that was the, the response. Yeah, and to go back a little further, why did Leo steal those tapes in the first place? And Diane said, didn't Veronica tell him to steal them? Um, what's the thing with Duncan's hair on the Oscar statue and who buried it? I don't know what that means. We don't and know what that means. Diane but didn't know. Martina, that sometimes things happen on the show and you didn't intend it to happen, but it seems like it has significance. <laughs> what happened to Meg Manning's sister? Uh, according to Diane, she's doing porn now. Oh, great. Okay. So, uh, well, Martina, we'll follow up a little bit more on those with Rob Thomas when he comes in a few weeks from now. Um, but, uh, thank you so much for writing in such an in-depth and kind Yeah, we'll, we'll, email. when Rob comes on, we'll, we'll revisit these. Yeah, and exactly. Get the, the real answers. Um, so I, was, totally, there a th- was there a third question? Was there, there was a third? I was going to say I hijacked the, the softballs. The softballs? Cause I, like, we got two softballs, but, but you know, Marty does you know, have a third ball yeah, for um, you. You know, softballs <laughs> work best in threes. Yes, that's what we say here on Nooner. So when you got your first Big paycheck. What was this? What was the stupidest thing you bought? Uh, I'll be honest. I don't. I. I don't know. I did. I don't buy stupid things. I just save it. I've never <laughs> bought stupid things. Not one treat. Wow. Not one. No. Bubble, the, the, the biggest. The big, I guess the stupidest thing I bought was I bought a used car when I came out here, and it was a. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is good. Uh, like a maroon. Uh, bla- uh, bla- uh, black cherry, uh, <laughs> used cherry. black cherry, uh, 1987 Chrysler LeBaron. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's up there. Uh, He's up oh there. God, Ken, that makes me so, I love the LeBaron. It's why, and, you know, yeah. I didn't, I didn't suggest this. I think Rob did, but, you know, Veronica drove a LeBaron. The LeBaron. Really? Yeah. yeah I, but she I, had the convertible. I, I, I had, no, that was a convertible. Oh, was a convertible. Oh, I was like, I'm in LA. I gotta get a convertible. And I was like, I can't, I, I, what am I going to do? I'm going to buy a, like a new car? No, uh, let me buy a used car. Did, did and I didn't know that, I didn't know what cars were cool and what cars aren't. I still don't know. Because um, you're still I know a driving. little bit now. Um, but um, <laughs> did, did, did find it helped or hurt with the ladies? It was fine. It was fine <laughs> it was until, I put, until, until the seats started to wear down because they were already kind of worn down. Right. I got those covers, you know, when like you pass like a gas station and the yeah. covers, and I got like leopard skin ones. <laughs> Oh wait, and then you rigged the passenger seat to accidentally fall all the way yeah. back. But, oh, no, but you know, was, it, everything was in quotes. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> like like when your friends came from Long Island, did you just cruise down Sunset Boulevard? <laughs> 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 exactly. Shake it, don't break it. Yeah, so Living the dream. I would say that's the closest thing I came to buying something stupid. I don't. I I I I don't know. I because because of my my dad uh, and, and the way we grew up. I I just uh, I don't think of. Uh, I, I'm not the type of person who like runs out and yeah, goes, yeah. "Hey, let me buy, uh, let me buy something ridiculous with this money." The dumbest thing I ever did with one of my first bigger paychecks was bought five thousand dollars of Planet Hollywood stock. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I thought I was on a nickel rocket to yeah. financial. Wow. Wow. How'd that work out for you? Yeah. Uh, 
poorly. <laughs> you know, but it was a good early on lesson in the stock market. Don't like I I enjoyed Dan with some fun openings, but the food was sometimes hit or miss. Now I'm sh- I don't know it now, so I shouldn't have invested in something where the food was hit or miss. Yeah, on, on my yeah. way here today, I drove by your old place up on Sycamore, oh, and yeah. I was just like, you had such great parties at that giant mansion, and that was fun on that was top good. of the hill. And you had a giant mansion? No. Well, it was it wasn't giant, but it was a it was it a, wasn't hit, a giant. It was, it, was a, it was a lovely little house. But it was a very sexy hill place where I lived with uh, Matt. Uh, Matt that we spoke of earlier, and uh, we it was those it was during the go go years in the nineties where the money was flowing and we were uh, all in our twenties and yeah, so it was yeah. just parties and everything like that. And that was oh that was my that was my uh, that was my uh, oh can I tell a hallucinogenic? Is can I talk about that on sure. the air? Dan takes hallucinogenics. No, I do not, but. One time, the one time, and this I do mean, the one time that I, can you say this and not get arrested? I can say I took yeah. acid, right? And like, yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so the one time I dropped acid, just to try, because I'm going to try everything, guy. So yeah. it's at the party, and this house that we're at has this balcony looking over the city, and it's really gorgeous. See, it was a great house. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. So the party's over, I'm out on the balcony, and I'm in that sort of slightly coming down, but still hallucinogenic euphoria, and really, really just in love with everything. And there's a bird sitting on a tree, uh, right next to it. And just in that burst of like, I love the world, I said, you know, hello, bird, or good morning, bird. And, and, <laughs> and, well, but here's it's the thing. Bastille day. <laughs> and I know, I know, it was that sort of fit of ecstasy. And the bird turns around, looks at me, and goes, hello! And I, my, it was the most real thing in the world. So it literally my psyche cleaved into it, and I hid under my bed for an entire day. And because I, I couldn't believe that it just happened, the next day, there were posters put up on the telephone pole that said "Lost Minor Bird." So the fact is, this wasn't a hallucination. I actually, nice. I'm the only asshole ever who's taken acid and then speaks to an animal that can speak that back actually to can speak unwittingly. Back. That's so awesome. That's the thing. So you can understand why my psyche totally cleaved in two because. The bird actually did right, say the sure. word hello oh, right. back to me. That's mind-blowing. Yeah, and I've never done that since. Really, yeah, yeah, it was mind-blowing. The last no. time I did it, I had a similar experience. I was yeah. at that Grateful Dead concert uh, in Sacramento. Was, <laughs> you were stoned at a Grateful <laughs> Dead concert? Yeah. You must have stuck out like the a The hell you say? <laughs> no, uh, and and it just started peaking. I take a window pane of fucking acid. <laughs> right, right. And I just started hitting my peak, and uh, a dog walks up, much like uh, Mulder here laying on the floor. Right. looked just like Mulder. And uh, I kneel down, and I'm fucking feeling great. And I'm like, hey, how you doing, buddy? And the dog looked up at me and said, rough. Did not bark. He said the word rough. <laughs> and I went, holy shit. He just walked away. So after that, I was like, yeah, maybe I need to lay off the fucking ass. The fucking dog said rough. You also shouldn't tee up the dog for comedy by asking such an, <laughs> an onomatopoetic answer. Yes. <laughs> rough. <laughs> rough. <laughs> So anyway, minor birds, I hate them. Oh. Um, so yeah, I love so those that. are uh, my three softballs. Yeah, uh, Ken, you survived the softballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was it? How was it? It was okay. It didn't hurt. It felt good. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about your question though. You the, the the last question was when you got your first big paycheck. I haven't gotten that yet. <laughs> well, no, but relative to Wait, being party a, down, being a yeah, no, I was rolling in the cash. <laughs> we all were, right? I mean, not like you know. Tom and Ben screenwriting money, <laughs> but uh, but you know, from a starving student. To, yes, of like, course. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm kind of bummed that Rob didn't call back in because I really I wanna I wanna know if someone lied to me. 
Because someone did, and I thought it was him, and I know he wouldn't lie to me, but somebody told me that I was... Well, he did maybe tweet it was to, for Martina that uh, he didn't know the answer to any of those questions that we asked. So <laughs> You know what he's doing, and I, and I applaud you for doing this, Rob, is he's clearing the deck for not having to struggle with these are complicated questions no, from yeah. years ago. Rob, you have like, a couple weeks to make something up. You right, know? And, and in fact, I think it would honor Martina, perhaps, if you wrote an essay. Uh, uh, yes, yes, or, or a new screenplay. Do you know what? I'm going to get a tweet saying, fine, I'm not on your show. I'm not coming on the show. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm not coming on the show. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, well, when we had Joe Latrilli on, he yes. said that you guys were writing a, a, a screenplay, a horror screenplay. Yeah, okay. we we've uh, we started writing. We we wrote a horror movie screenplay that here is very fucked up from now. Uh, yeah, it is a little fucked up. And since I've had kids, it's been harder to kind of um, be excited about it because yeah. um, it's really fucked up. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> um, but uh, we we did kind of jump back into it again because we wrote it. Uh, years ago and then other things started happening and we kind of put it on the back burner and we just yeah. started working on it again. And do you, do you find like, Joe, do we have to have this like child dismemberment scene in there? No, absolutely. Like, like I, I, it's hard to stomach. It's like when I, when my, uh, when we had our first child, Eric and I had our first child, uh, we finally said, okay, one day when the babysitter's there, we're going to go out on a date because we hadn't gone out on a date. We're going to call them, we'll, go, we'll call them day dates or morning dates. So we'll go out and have brunch or breakfast and then we'll go see like the first movie that, that, you know, whatever the first movie is at the theater, you know, and then we'll be back in time for the babysitter to go. And, um, and we went and saw Batman Returns, the second Batman with uh, Heath Ledger. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. basically it's just anarchy and like yeah, right, right, yeah. at the end, like he's holding a gun to like somebody's son's head. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the music is very intense and, and nerve wracking. It's a very loud movie. Yeah. And all I wanted to do for that movie, and I knew, I know if I was in my 20s yeah. and I wasn't married yeah, and I didn't yeah. have kids, I would have been like, this fucking movie's awesome. Right, right, right. Um, but all I was doing that whole movie is like, I want to get home to my son and hold my son. This is terrible. I, I can't, I can't watch this. What the fuck is going on? I can't. I know that it must be difficult. You know, I was thinking the other day that like, if Spielberg had made Jaws later in his career, like the, you know, one of the, one of the most horrifying scenes in it obviously is the kid on the beach. I mean, it's like, that is the, right. that is the worst nightmare period. Oh I my God. With the shark. And so with the parent, whatever. And he went there in the movie, which made the movie so genuinely terrifying. I doubt, I just, I bet as a filmmaker, he was 27 at the time, right. I, I, and parent to be later on, he would have not had the stomach to do that scene. It, 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 and, it would have been tough, I bet. Cause, yeah, because, <laughs> cause, yeah, you know, because, in, and I don't blame him for it at all, but like in subsequent films at like Jurassic Park and the, like, right, the, the kids, kids, kids do not get yeah, hurt in right, subsequent right. movies. Right, and, right. And, yeah. but and this, this one, one just he, disappears. You know, yeah. Like, Where is he? Yeah. I mean, do we see blood or? Oh my God. It's incredibly violent in, in Jaws. You're talking about in Jaws? When the mother's looking on the beach for Yeah, but son? you, when the kid is, if you've seen the, 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 the film version, yeah. I mean, it is, that's what's even more amazing about it is he, not only does he go there i mean when the shark bites him there is literally gushers of aortic blood coming burbling oh, up out of the water I'm surprised he hasn't like like digitally enhanced it so that like it just stays flat well i mean it's, it's like it is part i mean the movie which i is my favorite movie the movie is brilliant i think in part because it goes to the most primal awfulness that can happen right. but that also is i could see that being incredibly hard on a filmmaker who had yeah. kids and, and not, you know not being able to go there if so. dan was in that world he would have swam out and held the kid and been like, stay with me. <laughs> <laughs> and then got him onto my log board and bear surfed him home. <laughs> nice. So, 
Um, yeah, so yeah, we so we wrote this we wrote this uh, script and we, you know we're doing another kind of pass of it, but it's uh, it's 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 fun. It's a, it's a it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a fucked up monster. The it, he movie. said it was kind of a not a mashup, but it but it really it takes two subgenres of yeah. of horror movie. It takes the kind of escaped convict. Uh, you know, fucking with the uh, you know, kids in a cabin, and it takes a monster movie uh, dealing with kids in a cabin, and then it it throws them all together. So the cabin is the unifying the cabin presence. The of cabin evil. brings them all together. In a, <laughs> it often in one, does. One fucked up bloody mess. <laughs> Did you guys ever see the movie The Two Headed Man with uh, Vic Morrow <laughs> yes. and uh, uh, no. Rosie, Rosie Greer? Greer. No. Rosie Greer and Vic Morrow. Like it's. Their, their heads are attached on the same body and they're escaped from prison or something like yes. that. They're like a prison experiment. And so like, you've well, got Vic awesome. Morrow like hanging off of like Rosie How Greer's body. How do they body. do it in days before? Cause especially. Cause it's just like Kim strapped onto Rosie Greer's back. Yeah, she's, and, like, she's just in tighter shots. <laughs> and they're like yeah. arguing with each other. And a wider, yeah, wider like, shots. It's just a fake head, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. There's a lot of fake head shots. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, that's it's, so hilarious. Back and right. Oh, it's, it's an so amazing ridiculous. movie yeah. in terms of horror movies about escape convicts. And poor Vic Morrow. I remember the curing as a kid. Oh but my I mean, God. Like, do you know how he passed? Yes. He was in uh, the Twilight Zone, the movie, oh, the helicopter yeah, yeah, accident, yeah, 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 yeah. and he was beheaded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Oh. And you know what happened when John Landis got acquitted? He invited the jury to the Coming to America, like, like premiere party. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. It's huh. creepy. Oofa. Creepy weird. Yeah. Creepy weird. <laughs> Very weird. Um, the kill. <laughs> yeah, we're bringing it down here today. <laughs> what, else, what else did Joe talk about? <laughs> How much he loved you. Oh, no, I no, love he, Joe. No. Uh, Joe was, that's when we were subbing in for, for Kevin and, and Jen or Kevin and Jen. Yeah, right? he, he then, talked about karaoke. Um, yeah. oh my God, I've karaokeed with Ken and this man is a, what's your favorite karaoke song? Um, well, the one I always like to, uh, uh, uh bring out, uh, amongst, uh, new ears mm-hmm. is, uh, my Macy Gray I Try. I love uh, that. Song. I've Have heard you heard you the Built to Spill cover yeah. of that? <clears throat> Built to Spill does a live cover of that. No. It's really, really great. You really evoke Macy when you sing it. I do my best. I you mean, know. I look, I do my best. Do you, okay. do you remember my go-to uh, karaoke Is song? Is it Neil Diamond? No, I've no, no, no. It was Old Man River. Oh, Old Man yes. River. I, like, I have a bass voice. Wait, and I can really nice. hit that. Uh, no, those I notes. have to say, Dan. And Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Those no, no. Are right. Chitty Chitty. Yeah, no, no. I, I heard your Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I loved it. And I adapted a little for Nick Offerman because it was his birthday. So yes. Yeah, yes. I think the best song I've seen you do is uh, Live and Let Die because you, it's a very visual thing. Yes. And I do have a whole dance that I can do. Yes, a running dance. Yeah, it's a running I need room. I need room. In and that it's a one. great song because it's like four different songs in one. Yeah, that's right. You get to exercise a lot of muscles, none of which I have, so I make up for it by overperforming. Sure, sure. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Joe helped me build a karaoke room in my house. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Have you had an official karaoke party? Didn't you talk about having one years ago? But we, sort of didn't we, really... we, my, uh, I built a karaoke, uh, some people who came to, uh, mine and Erica's wedding, Got us a really nice karaoke hard drive, yeah, like machine mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. thousands of songs in it, which I then have put thousands and thousands more in into it. Um, and so because of the kids, it's hard to get out. And so we had have this one room in our house, which is basically four of four of the walls, the two, two the two walls, the three walls. And the ceiling and the floor are all concrete. Oh. 
And hmm. so we soundproofed it a little bit. Right. And, uh, and <laughs> did a serial killer own this house? Yes. Yeah. Prior to that. <laughs> yeah. He did. And, Dr. Um, Giggles. <laughs> and we, and, uh, and so, cause we, it's hard to get out. So we bring the uh, kids' monitors into the karaoke room. Right. And the kids can sleep. We put them to bed. And then um, we sing in the karaoke room. And then if the kids are, uh, and then we, you know, people come over and we we have uh, beer and sake and wine and we oh. enjoy ourselves and we sing all night. And the kids can't hear it, but we're right there. We're a room away from the kids. Here's a question, and I don't want to put you this, but why haven't I been invited to? When I live like two, <laughs> I, two I minutes. I love from your house. karaoke, by the way. Two minutes. Yeah. You're, two, two you're minutes officially time. invited. Okay. When's, and, the, when's the next one? Um, I don't know when we'll right. we'll do it. It's right. it's been it's harder. It's, it's been harder with two kids, but uh, right, I would right, love right. if you came over and oh, said. I, 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 you, you, we've always spoke of having a karaoke night, and indeed we will. But we had a good one in, in Austin. We had a great one. We in had Austin. a great one in Austin. Uh, can yeah. I tell you the name of the room? My our karaoke. room? Oh yes, please do. Well, it's a very small room. It's like nine by nine or Versailles. eight by eight. What, what's that? Versailles. No. <laughs> it, uh, it, uh, it fits eight comfortably. So we call it nine tight. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Pretty good, right? I like it. I like it. I, it's, it's, it's evocative and erotic. And I don't know. Right, why. Right, what right, I love, right. It sounds dirty, it but sounds dirty. Yeah, yeah. What I love about it is Joe Latruglia will call me up and be like, we're going to do nine tight tonight. <laughs> we doing nine tight. Like, Wait, yeah. hey, if, if, have I been say, have I been saying it wrong? Is it Latruglio, the hard G? Uh, well, because I say Joe Latruglio. In, co- in college, in college, we called him Joe Latruglio, and he never corrected it. And then uh, once he started acting a little bit more, uh, he started calling himself Joe Latruglio, and he said it's Latruglio. And so I just remember him as Joe Latruglio. But I think it's Latrulio because he's never like, corrected me. But it could be that embarrassing thing where I've said it so no, long. I, I think it's Latrulio because okay. like Puglia is spelled similar with yeah. the G. I, I mean, think it's what, what's Puglia. That's a, that's a region in Italy near the oh, heel. Okay. Yeah, all right. Didn't but um, I call I still call him Joe Latrulio. Well, good. At least I, it's no, very I'm Long Island ass of yeah. myself. I still call <laughs> Mike Liam Black Michael Schwartz. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's good. Can we call him that or just his friends? Sure. Good. Yeah, okay. So we do that. Oh, I get it. Black. Yeah, there you go. So what's next for Hollywood's Ken Marino? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we should. Let's talk about directing because you did direct the, a children's hospital, right? I directed one the first season that it was on Adult Swim, which I guess is the second season of, of, right. of, of it because there was a web there was a web season. And you wrote one with your wife. I right? wrote one with my wife. Erica. Uh, Erica. Lovely. Oyama, and then um, and then I directed one that that season, and um, this season I'll probably be directing a couple more. I didn't get to direct any of this the season that's on now because we were dealing with Wanderlust so much, right, which right. is the movie that Dave and I wrote, which is coming out in January. With uh, is Jen- it January? Because I didn't know there was a release date. Yes. Ja- January, January. Jennifer Aniston and uh, Paul Rudd and uh, Alan Alda, and, and who are they? Uh, Justin Thoreau. They're all actors. You can IMDb them. Huh. Okay. Marlon Great. Ackerman. Good. Good. Mary okay. Kenny. Joe Latrulio. Joe Latrulio. Alan Alda guy has a lot of credits. Wow. We should have him on. <laughs> can, you, can you set that up for us, Ken? <laughs> Thanks, Ken. <laughs> well, good. Do you know what? Do you know what? I mean, I know you got to finish up Wonderless, but do you know what? Do you know what you're doing after that? Or uh, um, floating along in a wave. We are shooting another season of Ch- uh, Children's Hospital in November, I think. Great. And and before that, uh, might be doing this other um, web series that Erica wrote. Um, hopefully, that'll be happening. Great. Uh, and you know, um, can I can so I hopefully p- selling some scripts? Oh, good. I just throw, want to throw out one uh, final softball. We're going to wrap up in just the next few minutes. What's your philosophy of comedy? 
<laughs> we asked this thank, everyone. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Night. No, you uh, don't have to answer. I was kidding. But no. Um, did you did you direct Party Down before Children's Hospital or or? I think I I think Party Down was the first the first uh, thing I directed. What was that like? Because you also acted in. it I loved it. I mean, you know, it was these guys were nice enough to let me do it, um, and I had a great time doing it. It's something that I've always wanted to do and and, and enjoy doing. Um, and he had an extra burden because we. We tried to work it out because obviously the, 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 you know, Ken's character was prominent in every episode. So the challenge was how do we get, how do we allow Ken to prep, right. you know, the show, but you got to be in the show. And, and then we were also worried, and this wasn't anything against you, it's just the finale we knew would be big. Right. But just the way schedules worked out and everything like that, it ended up that it, it had to, because we rotated directors. So it just ended up that like the show that Ken would direct was going to need to be the finale. And the guy rose to the occasion. I mean, he acted in the episode that we shot previous to it, and the, which was the Not On Your Wife episode where we right. – John and I purposely constructed that so that you were mostly just in the kitchen with Megan yeah. in, the, in the almost rape. I love that episode. David directed that one, Yeah, right? David yeah. Wayne directed that. And and that's why that that, that sea story is so – uh, contained. We right. said we need one a C story where it's just Ken and Megan <laughs> in the kitchen because we just that way we could shoot Ken out in a day and, right. we and then prep. I can prep for the uh, the gigantic show yes. that you gave me. And it's great because that's how like duress breeds inspiration. So we're like, okay, what would be funny? So and be contained, and that's how we got onto like you mistake thinking that she wants you and that you all were hilarious in that. And then you you had this monster episode and shot it on time. I mean, that's and creatively that is amazing that like those. When you have those constraints, because that thing with you and Megan is hilarious, but yeah. that constraint makes great comedy. That, that's know? right. It happens. I'm sure it's happened to you all the so many times. You, some sort of pressure, budget, production, whatever, and you have to think within a box. Right. And it and it and something great comes. Well, out. Well, isn't that how Brazil got made? I mean, like you know, Brazil was such it was a was a Terry the Terry Gilliam yeah, yeah, movie yeah. Brazil, and and uh, you know it was a it was a low budget movie and. He had a lot of effects, and so he had to think outside the box or within the box or whatever, right, you know, right. that uh, and create these visual effects that were not expensive to do. And he wound up making like this incredibly beautiful. I didn't know that that, that, that was. Sort it's of, a gorgeous movie. Uh, oh yeah, yeah but I think I think I think it was not. You know, it was it was a. He didn't have limitless funds to do that movie. Right. I think that was his like a, a, one of his first big movies out, and so it was. Um, but to me, that's his, you know. Yeah, well, that's kind of um, his masterpiece. Can I ask yeah. a little fanboy question? What, yeah. what was it like working with Alex Rocco, who who plays the uh, oh, who plays Jane Lynch's I, uh, husband, and he's you know in The Godfather. And yes, Mo, and he's Mo. Yeah. And um, he, he, he's Mo. Uh, he's he was unbelievable. He was great. He was he's just so a, he was good. such he's a, so a, funny too. A joy, and he was he was a guy who you know I, th- that was my first that was the that was my favorite directing moment that on that shoot because. It was his uh, first scene where he comes in with Jane Lynch and he's talking to everybody. It, um, um, he's meeting everybody on the Party Down uh, crew. And he came in and he was kind of doing it uh, like like a gangster, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah. You know, that's one of his go-tos. He's like, oh, I'm going to go in and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it like a gangster. And prior to that, he was – when we were setting up, he was telling uh, Adam and I uh, these stories about uh, Frank Sinatra. Right. He was talking about right, Frank Sinatra right. and – uh, he was on a he was on a, a, a panel with Frank Sinatra and he he just loves listening to Frank Sinatra music and we were just talking for a while. Anyway, so then we go and we're shooting and he he started doing it kind of like a gangster and then you guys were by the monitor Dan Dan yeah. and John yeah, John Embom John Embom yeah. um, and 
And you guys were like, can you tell him to just kind of pull back on it? He shouldn't be too friendly or too, or like, I forget exactly yeah. what you want, but you wanted him to go the opposite direction. So then I went out and I talked to him about going in the opposite direction and he kind of, he didn't shut off, but he was doing just kind of, he, he was doing a lot less. Yes. And it wasn't as compelling. Right. It wasn't a dynamic. It, it was just, he was just, he just, he kind of went the other way. He tried to take the note, but it wasn't as compelling. And he did that a couple of times. And I was trying to kind of tweak it and work with him and didn't know where to go with it. And then, uh, and then at one point it just kind of snapped in and I was like, and I went over to him and I said, he goes, oh, he goes, cause you guys gave me another note. And I, and he goes, no more notes, no more notes. He started to, kind of, he started, <laughs> yeah, 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 he started yeah, yeah. to get like overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. And I said, okay, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to give you one, one more thing to think about. Do with it what you will. I said, be Frank Sinatra. <laughs> and he looked at me and like his eyes lit up and he was like he's like um I like that Kenny. <laughs> I like that Kenny. Good note. I like that Kenny. And then the next and then the next time he came in and did the scene it was it it's the take we use and, and, and that is what a great that's a perfect story of how you you know you can save a situation because when an actor's in a spiral like that they've gotten too many notes from the people behind the monitors for whatever right or wrong reason and to pluck that out, and you're right, and he came in and there was a noticeable difference. Suddenly it was sort of like that, that easygoing <laughs> booby kind of thing, but right. there was still some steel there. <clears throat> right. It, which was perfect. It which was, is, which yeah. is what you guys think, what you guys were asking yeah, exactly. for. And I didn't know how to figure out how to kind of get him there. And then that was the, that was the moment. And for me, that was like, I was like, hey, I did something a director is supposed you know, to do. You know, it also illustrates <laughs> so, so it's like in writing where like, you know, I mean, one goal is to, to show, not tell, you know? And in this, in directing, so, and we find this when we get notes on scripts and things, so often people give, and I, I'm guilty of it being behind the monitor giving a note to a director sometimes, you give an end point note. Here's what I want the end performance to be right. blank. Or like, and we were probably giving you end point notes. It needs to be more blank. Right. And what you did, which is the great thing, is the real way to, to give the note is you stripped it back and you gave him a starting point so that he, he found the end point himself. Right. He can go where he needs to go. He yes. can, he can interpret it the way he wants. It's, it's interesting when you, give when when directors or you know when directors give actors notes that they, they hear it a certain they hear the music in their head a certain way right. producers hear it a certain way but it's an art form right? right so so everybody paints differently and so you know you 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 have to let that artist do do it how they would do it but try to guide them that's right within the the confines of i think you guys did that with me a lot on party down yeah, because yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, took Ron, I made, I, I made some bigger choices with Ron at right, times. Right, right. And I remember having these conversations with you where you're like, you know, the, uh, don't stop doing that stuff. Let us, let us, you know, kind of like right. find the stuff that we like tonally for the show, but like, don't stop doing that. You right. know, which I, you could have easily have said like, bring it down, bring it down, but you right, didn't, right, right, you know, right, you're right, like, right. just do your thing. But know that, you know, there are certain things that are too, you know, too much. And, and, right, right, right. And, and, it, and um, um, that was helpful for me because well, it, it this, is good. it's really good. That's Sinatra, for those out there embarking on the, that Sinatra note is really like a good one. By giving, by going, stripping back to a beginning point, it's a crucial key. Right, right. As uh, opposed to just. Yeah, because the then it's like, how can I get louder to what the producers it, yeah. are looking for without telling um, them that? This leads to know. a good question from Chris Druff uh, on the Twitter. Uh, which. Which Ken Marino <laughs> did you enjoy? Uh, uh, which part did you um, 
like playing more in Ron when he was had the flat top? It, this is a hair question. Or when he was the depressed. <laughs> we bring head. it back to hair suit. Right. <laughs> um, I liked them both. I love that they. I love that Emma uh, and Dan and Rob uh, all like kind of made that second season brought Ron to a very different place to, to start at the second season. So I enjoy. I enjoyed both of them, but I have to say, probably my favorite Ron with long hair. Uh, moments were when he was at uh, the bottom of the bottom. So the, <laughs> yeah. the, fu- the funeral, the funeral episode, I think, was kind of my my f- my favorite place uh, that that Ron landed with his longer hair, and then I, <laughs> and then Ron with his buzz cut. I love him, and and and, also and, and, and every place. A great <laughs> a great scene. You and Adam on the curb, and in the middle of the orgy when you are walking. In I love I, that scene. Is I, like- one of my favorites. I think about I think about that scene fondly, and I and and that's when I get most melancholy about the show because like I was looking forward to more stuff like that with Adam and I um, because it was very telling about our relationship that you know you just get a, a little a little glimpse yes at, you know um, and I thought that that was. It was exciting to see where that would have gone if if we had gone more seasons. And that's the great thing about TV is that you can you build a histories so that then you can look back on those histories right, and reflect. Right. And, so. and uh, did directing change you as an actor then? Like, did you become more sensitive to directors? No, I, did you I, have I, gender reassignment? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, we, you know, I, I have always been kind of hovering over David's shoulder, or when we right, did the state, right. I was, you know, I was always kind of involved in that aspect of it so i i appreciate um i appreciate actors and value what they do and i i getting the directing credit didn't change how i approached uh actors well fellas uh we got to wrap up this uh, third edition of new i cannot thank ken marino enough for making time to come down here and chat with us Thank you, Ken. Thanks. This is a blast. And thank you, Ellen. listeners, for uh, standing by. We we got a little late start today. Yeah. We uh, we uh, go uh, live on the on the website and drop on iTunes uh, every Tuesday following the, yeah. our Fridays. So let, let all your friends know. Subscribe and, uh, there for free at Nooner on the Smodcast.com Empire. Feel free um, to give us a rating or send yeah. us feedback on the Twitter. And uh, James and Cameron, thank you much for a great show. Uh, at Nooner, yeah. Dan Marty. And tentatively, it's not confirmed, but tentatively last week we're on Living. Kingston may be dropping in to uh, say hello. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to step on you. No, all right, right. Ready. You know what? That's good. Just getting it ready. We'll, we, no, let's just go ahead and sign up now. We'll see you next Friday. <laughs> Thanks That's a lot, Marty. Uh, Hope you got right, your guys. fill. <laughs> When it's time for lunch, you can pick up a spoon or grab your fork buddy and dig into a Nuna. It's Nuna with Dan and Marty. If you never had a Nuna, well, there's no sugar way. Just bend over at the middle in the middle of the day. It's a Nuna. It's a Nuna with Marty and Dan. This has been a production of Smodcast Internet Radio.